Hey, I'm Lynn Rogala. And I'm Ali Diliberto, and we are coming to you from the ladies' room. So we can talk about removing stupid, frustrating, and toxic shit from the world in a way that's not prim enough for the dinner table. Okay, so we're starting for real on episode one. Um, so I'm Lynn Rogala. And I am super excited to be here. And we were talking just before we started on whether we should do bios and we decided not to, we're just going to start talking. So I introduced myself, but that's all I'm going to (laughs) do. Fair, fair. I'm Allie. I'm the sidekick. No, Allie Deliberto. I'm the one in the bathroom with Lynn all the time. So, right. You're like, we should talk about why we named it from the ladies room. So two big reasons. Okay. I get to tell that story, even though you're a way better storyteller. Because we were on a text string with some boys and some girls and Lynn peeled everybody, all the girls out and and named a separate chat from the ladies room. So we could say all the stuff we would have never said to the boys. Right. And can't handle it. We have to take this into the ladies room. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that I was like, oh, someday we're going to have to use that. And it's just been, this is what we're doing. We're, we love these conversations. And I feel like we should say a lot of the maybe irreverent things that are kind of dangerous as a woman to say, or inside the, whatever communities we participate in, like, right. That makes it sound really serious. Like in the, before no. we were talking, like it's the shit you wouldn't <laughs> say at the dinner table. Yeah, that's true too. But also and like also, irreverent, right? Like, yeah. I and mean, the thing's so interesting that you follow your girlfriend to the toilet to not stop talking, which we do routinely. We talk for hours at a time. So going to the bathroom can't stop us because. Right. And we can't promise that won't happen on this podcast. I don't know. I might be able to promise that it can't happen. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not willing to. <laughs> um, but right. A great example is kind of what we were thinking we might chat about today. I was in church on Sunday for the first time in, I mean, forever, like, m- like at least a year, um, well over a year. Right. And right. Was it, it was just because of COVID or were you guys not going before? No, I mean, we, we didn't really go in Italy and then we, we got married in church and we went to church a few times, you know, before our honeymoon and then, and then it was COVID. So it was just yeah. more situational, but, um, wait, but first we, we should say like, we didn't do a bio, but I think it's really important. Like I always, anytime I enter into any space that might, that there might be a question, I always say, I follow Jesus Christ. That's super important to me. So even though we're having this conversation about church, like Ali, you can, I don't want to speak for you but my faith is super important to me. So the conversation about church and faith, we have them distinct. <laughs> there's faith yeah. and then there's church, right? Like Brene That's Brown talks point. about that. Someone asked her, she left the church and someone said, how did you feel about leaving God? And she said, Oh, God came with me. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and that's kind of how we're looking at it. So I didn't want to bypass that. Like we, you know, like we're Easter Christmas church people, because that's not who we are. No, for sure. And I don't think all of faith can ever live in the church by itself, but also the role the church is currently playing is often not in alignment for, for us for different reasons. But I haven't been as incensed as you have prior to this weekend. And it takes longer I, to get um, angry. I get angry super fast. Yeah. I mean, I was asking, like, when I walked in church, like, I wonder what Jesus would do here. Like, I'm not sure he would come. Like, it was just so alarming that that was my first, you know? So yeah, I don't have that. Like Jesus is hung out in church. There was like some billboard Dang, I don't think I can remember it in our, like, I live in this little town with 7,000 people, right? Like a little church billboard, but it was like, so cheesy and I was like oh Jesus would not think that was funny right like Jesus this, would not cringe yeah as, he would as be my like, daughter would say yeah, don't, don't not cringe. cringe 
right? Um, but this wasn't that church. Anyway, so we're in church. This is kind of about the type of conversations, but we're in church. And um, it was totally one of those moments like, what the fuck am I doing here? And like, if you were physically there, be like, meet me in the ladies' room. We need to figure this out. Like, yeah, and you're like, yeah, that's great. That's kind of the co- stuff we're hoping to have on these these conversations. So. Yeah. So say what was happening. I mean, you te- you actually were texting me. Yeah, I, well, I from was church. Texting. I was at home. I mean, well, we don't live- tell about my bad behavior in church. You have so, only bad behavior anywhere you go. Okay, so we went to church. Um, we you know we got up early in the morning, which you know was a big sacrifice and then we go to church we drive you know to the next town 30 some minutes away to go to church a friend invited us we were kind of looking for them we didn't see them and we um you know we're walking up to the building and I'm like this place is packed like for sure I haven't just been anywhere that has as many people since COVID so that's right. a and little this is alarming April 2021 we're talking so yeah. we're still we're not through COVID. If you're listening to this three years from now, we're not through, right? Where right. we're sitting right now, I hope it came out okay. <laughs> I hope we're not through. through it at this point. Um, I know our friends from Italy are starting to text us like, it's open. Are you coming back? But anyway, so I'm in church and I'm like, uh, so we walk and I'm like, this is maybe going to be alarming. And then, um, and we were late, right? So whatever was already happening was already happening. So, um, and you right, that's how we me. roll. Really and you texted me and you said there were about 400 people, right? I thought there was like five to 700 people and I almost nobody was wearing a mask. So we're packed in the sanctuary, right? And it's also in a town that still has a mask mandate. So that was even more alarming, right? So I'm like, like WTF, man. And I live in Montana, right? Like, I mean, we don't have as serious a COVID stuff going on here as there are in other places. And there's a zillion things, but for sure, it's a statement of its own if you walk in a place that has 500 people and they're not wearing masks. Right. And totally. I just, ha- so that was alarming. And I was literally, but I was wearing a mask. So you said like the first thing I would have done was walked out, but I was sitting there thinking like, this is how minor, like being a minority feels like inside. Like, I wonder how Jesus would feel. Like, would he be wearing a mask? Like what would be happening? And I was kind of thinking about that and they were, doing worship. And so like, I like to sit and journal during worship. So that's happening. And I'm just kind of processing like all this stuff. And then I started to get super angry about the idea that, well, there are only men on stage, right? Like, I think it was, I don't think this is typical, but like, there was like only men singing in worship. And I started, everyone should know, by the way, that during this conversation, Allie's cat just walked up and crawled up onto her face. (laughs) So he sensed her distress. It's fat baby time, no matter whether you think it's fat baby time or not. Um, So, and the cat carrier Lynn gave me to carry the baby around is upstairs. So now he's just, well, he sensed your distress, but continue. He's He's happy baby. We won't talk about how I'm not a cat person until later. So we're in church and it just got more and more alarming, right? Because I started thinking like, I used to participate in these conversations about women should be in teaching from the stage and all this shit. And Not I was like, should I don't, they be, but whether they should be, yeah, that's the conversation in church. Should women be on stage or not? Right. Should women teach? And I was like starting to get so angry about the thought of having to engage that conversation. And then I like telling, I like to tell John, like, you know, we should, go, we should probably go, you know, and it gets, it just keeps going and keeps going. And then 
Um, I think the point where he, and I'm just, I was just like shocked. Right. And there was some weird stuff like randomly out of nowhere while I was journaling and listening to the music, the pastor had everybody kneel. And I was like, wait, this is kind of weird. I'm a guest here with no prompting. Like, I don't mind kneeling and praying, but just like, it just was alarming. Right. Like this doesn't happen normally when I go anywhere in the world. So it feels weird. And, um, so that was all going on. And then the, they had a guest speaker who was all about the Jewish, like he was a, a missionary to the Jewish people. Right. And he stood up and said something, this is not a direct quote, but I did write down notes at the time, but like something to the effect of Jesus doesn't quarantine and the gospel doesn't quarantine. And I, John was like, okay, yeah, we're let's go. Like, it was just so, because right. It's, it's kind it's, it's not wrong, but it's still really fucked up to say in that context. Right. And weird. And weird, right? It's like, how do you not politicize it at that point? And then I'm thinking about Israel and how Israel's responded to the pandemic. And if you're doing ministry there, like how out of alignment these thoughts. And I was just like, okay. So I we walked out of church for the first time and I was like, what is happening? And I'm sitting in church thinking, what the fuck is wrong with this? Oh, also I was like, there's these two gay guys. I hope they were gay. There was these two men in front of me who... I was, they're really young. They were like maybe in their early twenties and I thought they might be gay, but it looked so out of place. And so I reached, I leaned over to John and I was like, I hope those guys are gay. And the fact that I'm sitting here thinking like maybe something normal will happen is, is bad. Wait, wait, maybe say why you hoped that they were gay because it would mean that they were welcome there. It would mean they were welcome maybe, or just like putting up with it. I don't know. Like, I don't even know if you could just infer that. But I don't know, like I've never been in, in church and just wishing somebody would just stand on the stage and swear really loud. <laughs> and you weren't even telling me what was happening when you were texting me. You were just telling me that it felt dark. Yeah, I was like, this is, and even trying to process it since then, like has been really hard to unpack because, you know, like John has a cousin who's, um, you know, works for the embassy out of the country. And they called us while we were, you know, at, we went out and had lunch instead of this. And while we were there, they called and we we're like, we just walked out of church for the first time in either of our lives. And they're like, yeah, of course, now you're finally catching on. And I'm like, you know, I hate that. Like, but I would never, I was actually walking in really hoping nobody who knew me saw me. Like that's super weird. weird. Like, I don't care what people think most of the time. So it's like for me to be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be associated with this. It was just, such a weird place. And then my friend texted me, of course, like, oh, we missed you at church. And like, do you think you'll come next week? And you have to be like, I'm a hell no to this. And we'll have, but you have to, you know, all the relational stuff is there. So, you know, she's amazing. And of course, like that wasn't inappropriate, but in our friendship, but it was a lot. This is is a conversation we've been having for a long time. I mean, this is the deal coming in the ladies room with us as you're stepping into stuff we've been talking (laughs) about for years, but we've been talking about, um, the American church and their, its role in the, in the world and in the United States in particular. Um, I've been known to use the term whore and prostitute about the American church right <laughs> Especially now. Especially if you say Donald Trump and church. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And so I think I'm a little further down the road. Like you can, as you listen to Allie, you can tell she's kind of unprocessed about this, but there's like this place of this is where I should belong. Like my faith, I mean, you, your faith is such a fundamental part of who you are and how important it is to you and 
how you enter into fasting and prayer is really amazing. And the fact that you don't belong, that you feel like you don't belong and not only don't belong, but want to leave is something that we're like, you know, we should talk about that because I had an experience like that a couple of years ago where nothing even happened. Um, and it was during the singing and I felt like I was in a burning building. Like I was suffocating and I had to run outside and try to catch my breath. And my husband thought I was having some kind of medical emergency. He was really worried when I, are you okay? I said, I just, I couldn't be here. And I don't know what was happening energetically, but I've been a lot more outside, like inside the walls of the church building is a place. I don't feel like I belong, or I'm even supposed to be right now. Right. But I think that you say about like calling out from the outside. Yeah. I feel like there's this place where I'm standing outside and call and and Allie finally heard me (laughs) calling out, especially to the women, um, to come out, to come outside. And because there's something really, I I don't know. I I'm glad that we were talking a little bit about how important both of our faith is for us, because this is not a church bashing podcast. This is like, we're going to talk about whatever is coming up. And this is what came up for us this week. And I have a story to tell that's like the opposite side of it, but feeling like calling out and pulling people out. And I'm Beth Moore has been speaking a lot into this space around um, the sexual abuse of women and, you know, that, and that has been this poisonous rot inside. Um, Like I grew up, uh, my grandfather was a pastor. And so I grew up in a very religious, you know, well-known And in the last few years, we found out there was this missionary that my grandfather just adored and they did tons of work together. And, um, he was very revered in our community. And then it came out a few years ago that he had been molesting young girls. Um, but like in Africa or whatever, it wasn't Africa. I don't remember where he was, but someplace like brown girls, right. I say sarcastically, right. Like no one would have cared. I mean, people would have cared if it was white girls, but you know, if you're going to mess around with brown girls, because the, um, the organization kind of knew and they just kept it quiet. And then, and my dad said, thankfully it happened after my grandfather had passed because it probably would have killed him to find out this, you know, this man he had revered. Um, but that kind of rot is happening and we have to call out and we have to say like, I will not participate with this. And this isn't every church and this isn't every person in church, obviously. Right. John immediately texted his best friend who I didn't know this story. Like I heard parts of it, but like he wrote a book when his twenties and he said like the book, part of the book is like, he went streaking through the Oral Roberts campus before, (laughs) you know, and I was like, okay, he probably wouldn't be horrified to hear me say that, but he's like, do you guys go wear masks at church? Like it was really something to like, go. what's happening in this community as a whole, because I don't think how we represent ourselves to each other as Christians or even in, as human beings is even remotely relevant to like how we rep as, re- as much as how we represent ourselves to our communities and our world and like right, totally. letting those conversations be important. But can I say um, like, there is something about like behaving, whether it's the church or not the church um, that like, these kinds of conversations are not like, we're not saying anything we're super scandalous, but I have friends in my life who would be like, you said fuck and church. Like I'm not yeah, in I'm with you anymore. Right. Instead of what's happening that is making you want to say that. And right, that they would be more scandalized by that than like sexual harassment in the church. <laughs> yeah, right? for sure. Right. And, and this is not going to be a church podcast. This is not going to be <laughs> a, a church. This bashing. is what we're, we're in the church bathroom today. 
uh, this is the bathroom we're in today. Um, but a lot of what we're after is toxic institutions. And there is some serious toxicity going on inside. I can't speak for the whole world, but inside the American church right now. And, and if we don't address it, I mean, we'll have plenty of episodes where we talk about all the bullshit in corporate America and in the supply chain and right. everywhere. But today, this is just what Lynn loves to distinguish where some bullshit is happening. Yeah, where's the bullshit? How can I, I burn? How can I set it on fire and get it out of the way? <laughs> Stupid things make me so insane. Um, but yeah, the, that, you know, the, it really is a time and especially for the women of the church whose voice has been, I mean, what you were responding to was even thinking needing to enter into the conversation. Do we have to still talk about whether women should right, leave? Like, I'm, an, I'm a no, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to participate. Yeah. Like give that. me a break. And like you and I both, anywhere we go, we're the strongest leader in the room, you especially. Um, and so That's to so nice walk in, to, say. <laughs> to walk into church and have someone be like, Oh, no penis. Okay. Go to the left. You can work in children's <laughs> ministry and you can be allowed to sing. Um, I mean, and... you should for sure right now tell your cereal box story because that would be repeated <laughs> over time because it's part of the culture we're pointing to. That right. Okay. So, um, my daughter is currently twelve, and when we we live in Tucson, and we had moved to Tucson from the East Coast right after she was born. She was like a little tiny sloth. I mean, right. She was so a little sloth. Do, she was like three months old. Mops. I joined Mops, and for those of you who don't know, that's mothers of preschoolers. Um, I didn't actually join Mops until she was almost a year old because she was such an impossible, horrible baby. Um, <laughs> and the idea is, oh, you get to be in this community of women. We'll watch your kids, your kid for a few hours, which they didn't because she was such a horrible baby. Um, <laughs> and I had just started making a new few new friends because I had moved across the country yeah. and I came in there like, no, you can't be with your existing friends. You need some new friends. I'm like, well, they, they are my new friends. They said, no, you can't go over there. I said, okay. Like they literally, um, you walked in with people, you knew, like to, people no, they were there. It. And I was like, oh, I want to join that group. And like, no, you, if you know those people, you can't No, which I don't know <laughs> right. why I didn't just tell them to fuck themselves, but whatever. And right, we were picking our name tags and we were supposed to pick our name tag and then that's how they divided us up. So I picked either blue or purple because those are my favorite. And they're like, no, no, you have to take this one, which is yellow, which I hate yellow. It's my you, favorite. It's your favorite, but I hate yellow. And then they put me in a group and they're like, and then they gave this little speech like, and these are going to be your best friends. Like what? The only thing we have in common is the color of our name tag. And I don't even like yellow. Like you know, we don't even have the same favorite color. So um, it was already, you know, not great. And then um, one of the things we did and oh my gosh, this is just so infuriating. And I felt like I burned out all my anger talking about software earlier, but I guess I didn't. No, yeah. So <laughs> you never really have to get too present to the story before it right. makes you feel crazy. Get so mad. So um, they had us do such infantile stuff. Like the speakers that came in, sometimes they were okay. But, and I distinctly remember the day that they had us do, you always did a craft and nothing worth anything. But there was a day where we made a craft out of a cereal box right not like and, at least like a cover for the toilet paper roll or something useful or or a journal cover or <laughs> knit blankets for babies in the preemie ward or whatever right. the fuck and so we were literally making a craft out of a cereal box it was supposed to be a magazine holder I think and so mm. we we're cutting this out. and I'm like this is <laughs> I have a fucking master's degree and this is not a craft for the mother of a preschooler. This is a craft for a freaking preschooler. And it, there's just something about ministries that are for women in the church that are just so infantilizing. Like, oh, you can, 
you know, and don't get me wrong. I love taking care of domestic things. I love to cook for people. I've been in plenty of ministries where I bring meals to people who have just had a baby or coming home from the hospital. I love all that really nurturing mother thing, but it's like, that's the only place you can be. And also instead of a Bible study about like, as a preschool mom, what's happening in your marriage? How stressed are you? Is this your first child? What's happening in your sex life? You know, how are you connecting hey, sexually? With- that might matter. Right. Like you have, you're a preschooler mom, your preschooler touches you all day long. And then when you, they go to bed, you don't want anybody to touch you. Like have someone come in and talk about the impact on your sex life, on your marriage, on your, like I had just left a career and all my, like the shock of leaving my career your whole- none, and none of that was there. It was all, you know, cereal box crafts and couponing. And you're you like know? this Here's- life. I don't think I could survive it. If this uh-uh. Uh uh-uh. uh, and it's funny because I grew up in a church, and I was just talking to someone yesterday, and we were talking about what might be um, this ministry of reconciliation, which I want to talk about my experience with the church last week when you walked out, which is di- totally different. It's like the other side of the coin. Um, that there's a place, there's something to be redeemed in there, like those verses from Isaiah that I absolutely love, like rebuilding the ancient ruins and the cities that have been ruined for generations and that the role of women in the church. And I'm brokenhearted because growing up, that was the community and like the, the circle of women. And it's like, I can't survive in it. Right. We're doing cereal box crafts, but there's a place where I feel like I can't survive outside of it either. And so what is there to do? Right. I mean, and then when you think about that in parenting, like we've had and literally endless conversations about like, how do you raise a child outside of you? I mean, without the social influence that comes from church right. as they're maturing, like we send ch- Christian church kids off to college with no faith, like over and over again. And so, right. I mean, there's a lot to take on in that space and kids are having conversations about faith and really deep stuff that we don't even, you know, we'd never had that, that depth at their age. Totally. You know? Totally. And I didn't grow up, you know, I became a Christian in high school. So maybe that's part of my irreverence or I don't have as much crap about the church, but I um, get there. Yeah, clearly I'm catching up. <laughs> um, so I have a cut, but I have a I won't before you tell that your other story this week, like right. what were, oh, go ahead. No, oh, no. I ask, like, what did you, what's that story you were telling me about Beth Moore where like she kind of caught some crap for standing up and saying something was that about the sexual abuse? Yeah. Yeah. She started. So Beth Moore, um, was Southern Baptist. She's come out recently and said she no longer identifies as Southern Baptist, but she still identifies as Baptist. <laughs> that sounds so PC I identify <laughs> as right. a Southern Baptist, but she's like basically disassociated. I like to baptize people, but I'm not, <laughs> but she has been, I mean, she is an amazing teacher, right? She is yeah. one of the most well-studied, um, the way she creates Bible study is just in, in amazing. And she's always been very deferential and respectful inside her denomination. Like, you know, I won't try to teach men if men come, whatever. And and if, for those of you coming in that don't know anything, there's like this whole bullshit story about how women can't teach men. Like, and, and they don't even try to reconcile it. Like if you're teaching a bunch of teenagers and then the guy turns 18 and like, well, all of a sudden he's like, you, something magical poofs into existence. And now you can no longer teach him and he can teach you you're 50 and he's 18, but he's now an authority over you, whatever the fuck. Anyway, <laughs> she's always been very differential and never really pushed against that. And then, um, she just couldn't be quiet anymore. And she has a personal story of sexual abuse from, um, her childhood 
that she has shared. I'm not obviously telling her secrets. She's not in the ladies room with me, but um, she started speaking out against not even the women in leadership conversation, but Hey, maybe we should stop sexually harassing and, you know, raping and all these other things. And she's told stories of, um, meeting some teacher that she really admired. And he looked her up and down and said, Oh, you're prettier than and named some other woman Bible teacher. Yeah, like she's right. starting to tell these stories. Fantastic behavior. Right. And the backlash has been so severe and she's been, um, even when she just started first talking about it, barely, um, there was some conference of men where they were saying, what would you say to her? And one of the guys who I won't name, but you can Google, um, he said, I tell her, go home, you know, get back to the kitchen. And everyone laughed uproariously. Like he was the funniest guy ever, stupid old guy. Anyway. Um, so she started speaking out more. more. That doesn't infuriate everyone around. Right. Yeah. Like no one was askance. They were like, Oh, good one. Ha ha ha. Um, and so she started speaking out more boldly and she's also spoken a lot about, um, Trumpism. And I would expand that, um, to not just be Trumpism. Like, I feel like the American church got in bed politically, I don't know, in the eighties or so, and is kind of like selling their soul for power. And so she's been, so Christian nationalism really, right. um, just as it manifested most recently as Trumpism, but, um, the more she spoke out about that, she started actually, you know, people canceling speaking engagements and her attendance at her, um, her studies and things fell and she mostly ministers to women. And that's, what's so crazy. Like she speaks out against the abuse of women and women are like, that's outrageous. Right. Because women, (laughs) unfortunately, like women are the, the dumbasses having the conversations. Like, I don't know if it's okay to wear yoga pants and somebody needs to go, what seriously and the fuck like that's a conversation like we just perpetuate a lot of the bullshit because it's it lands on inside of like something that is meant to be sacred like how we handle ourselves sexually with each other as men and women and how we you know a zillion things but women have been asked to be responsible for sexuality as a whole in the church, which is like the dumbest thing you could even imagine. Right. Right. I like Jesus teaching on that. Like, Oh, if you look at a woman's butt in yoga pants and it's a problem for you, go ahead and poke out your eye. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, wait, no, tell her not to ever do that again. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's like a circular crazy conversation. Yeah. And like, why are we, why are Christian bloggers blogging about yoga pants and not about social injustice and you know, like should I wear these yoga sorry for all the dumb shit that we're doing right or or what about should I wear these yoga pants that were made in the sweatshop that's the conversation that's a much right right um so anyway so as we continue to complain I wanted to actually shift hopeful (laughs) yeah on a a positive note well and on a positive note like what the fuck all right. And it's episode one and we've talked about church and swearing. So the Venn diagram of anyone who's going to be here for episode two may be empty. But like a right. half a person. <laughs> <laughs> I told them like, we may as well just go ahead and bend everyone who might listen to this. Right. Yeah. If you're still here after this episode, you're going to really enjoy the future conversation. So at the same time, Allie was having this, this experience where she left. Um, I was actually in a clubhouse this week and we were talking about, um, Uh, So I'm a, there's a, I have a whole background, but the one that's relevant to this is I'm a certified life coach. And I, and the business I do is I make, um, I use essential oils, like in coaching. So I was in this clubhouse where we were, every time we come and talk about something else that is happening in our life, people be like, they're just making this. I'll be like, Oh, today she has a different, I mean, we are involved in so much that we care about. 
Right. So um, I was in this clubhouse and we were talking about uh, alternative healing modalities to add to coaching. So there were some um, NLP people in there and there were some, I don't remember. I don't remember everybody. There was a hypnotist, you know, and so they were kind of doing a round robin and they said, why do you do what you do? Like, why did you pick the thing that you picked? You know, why did you pick human design or whatever? And so I said, I picked um, oils because I feel like they're super concrete. And that if you're a person who's not into the woo woo, um, it's something you can touch and smell and feel. And so it, it's not as woo as like, you know, Reiki or something like that. Right. Um, And I said, one of the things I do is I love to build bridges. Like I love to go out. And I said the thing, you know, I follow Jesus Christ and I love to go. I'm, I am super clear on my faith. I am super clear what's in alignment for me and not. And so I can go into these spaces where I'm like, yeah, I'll get my astrological birth chart read. Let's just see what it does. (laughs) And, And I don't have a problem because I know where I can, where I'm protected and where I can be strong. So I love to go out into these spaces and bring them back and then tell people like, oh, hey, I went over there and it's, it wasn't as scary as I thought. And here's the thing. You won't and, go straight to hell if you do yoga three times, like you'll be okay. Right. Well, and that's what I was seeing. I said, for example, because Ali and I are both certified as yoga instructors in this very specific kind of Christian yoga called holy yoga, which is amazing. No, don't tell anybody that about me. <laughs> I'm just oh, kidding. Come on. I'm that's what we met kidding. actually. Um, <laughs> so I mentioned almost as offhand, like I'm doing this oils thing. For example, I did this other thing where I brought yoga to church and people were so interested and fascinated in this story. Now, this was not intended to be a Christian conversation. There were people in there that identified as Christian, but that wasn't what we were talking about. And the host was just, she kept asking questions, tell me about that. And so many people saying, oh yeah, I've had that experience where if I did yoga, um, I would be even worshiping demons or whatever people told me. And there was all this pain. And there was a woman in there who had um, some really severe health conditions. And she talked about going to see this non-traditional practitioner who did all these things. And she went in there with the same fear. Like, what is this? Is this person a witch? And she came out feeling so much better physically. She's like, I don't care if this person is a witch or not. I feel better physically. And this was a person who identifies as a Christian. And I thought that was so interesting. Like there's all these things happening outside the church that are restoring people and healing people and and bringing them like, yeah, yeah. And like, why are they outside? why can't we bring them in? And so I was telling Al, it was just so fascinating that we had kind of these two sides of the same coin where she's leaving the church building because it feels so unhealthy. And there's all this health and healing happening outside. And where a lot of people inside the church are afraid of it, right. like afraid of yoga. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I mean, start at yoga and go all the way up to whatever you want to go up to. Whatever is woo and scary for you. Yeah. Yoga you know, pants. What was that? <laughs> said yoga pants. Yoga pants, right? From yoga to yoga pants to, you know, really right. serious things like <laughs> low cut tops. Um, just started. <laughs> but why are they outside? And so there's this, there's something to be done of coming out, cleaning up, and bringing back. And there's like a two way reconciliation. Like, how do we honor these? people outside that obviously have something that's working. And I was taking a course. um, I'm in a a year long course right now on prophetic acceleration. And he was talking about 
every truth has its treasure in Christ. And so for things like that, what there is to do is bring it back in and redeem it. And then it's better period. Um, I don't want people to feel like this is just a church podcast. We're having a whole church conversation, right? It's all church today. Like this is where our worlds collided, right? Like a lot of times we're talking about business or about whatever's happening or family, but like, you know, this is really your work in the world. And my experience collided with, you know, that what you've yeah. already been up to. Yeah. Great. Like tune in next week go. when we talk about how to monetize this as a business. We'll talk about <laughs> next week just to- <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was just so interesting. And this is what's happening in the ladies room with us right now. I mean, has been for years, all these conversations about the church, but seeing like this kind of what needs to come out, what needs to come in and, and for the world. And like, I don't want to start talking about this because we'll talk obsessively, but we're both obsessed with the chosen right now that um, streaming show about the life of Jesus. And like, it's a new way of telling stories and it's a new way of like really redeeming the story of who this guy was. Like he didn't tell women to not wear yoga pants. He literally told the guys to poke their eyes out if it was a problem. Right. 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 And that's not, nobody's having that conversation. I know. I love the chosen, like most things in my life, like Lynn, I do discover a few things every now and again that are cool, but mostly like, you know, the working genius assessment that we've been assessed. Obsessed we'll talk with. about but that next time. So it's not mostly, so weird. And weird. <laughs> cool. But like mostly Lynn nags me and nags me and nags me. And then I finally go do the thing or watch the thing. She's like, no, it's really good. Have you watched it yet? And finally I'm like, oh yeah. But the chosen is, I mean, everybody should watch it because it's such a beautiful, it's just great. It's a beautiful story. But I really felt like when I watched it with my mom, like she was meeting, she grew up in Catholic church. She identifies as Mormon. She identifies as a bad Mormon. And then she, <laughs> like, it was like feeling like she, she kept going, that's a disciple. You know, like, it was just like, I never thought of Jesus laughing or, I mean, it just was like watching her meet Jesus for the first time. It was like, so beautiful. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Right. Like at least have a fair portrayal and we're bad representatives for the most part. And I think it's okay to be angry about that. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like, and point, I would point to myself first too, right? Like swearing is definitely bad. And I did a whole bunch of that. I don't, I don't know that I agree with you because it's part of there's definitely an indie, maybe a Bible verse or two about how you shouldn't be swearing, but we can have that debate. I don't know that that's even true. And that's, uh, there's a place where that's a, a place where women are really told to to- told to toe the line more. For sure. Um, that's part of why I do curse like a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of like fuck the patriarchy, man. Um, I mean, we could talk about that maybe in the ladies, ladies room <laughs> on whether that's really what those verses are about, but whatever. Um, I mean, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Next yeah. week, we'll talk about something totally different. I know, it is kind of shocking how much this whole conversation ended up. Like we, I mean, in all fairness, how many hours did we spend talking just today? Like, yeah, we did a mastermind together and we just kept talking and we took like, I mean, we've been at least on the phone for like four hours today. Something like that. Yeah. And I mean, just whatever we've been working on. And so, you know, we don't usually talk all the time about church, but it's what, I mean, it's what there was right now. So we're just What's happening. And it's part of the larger conversation of, I mean, maybe we should have started episode one with, um, the non-toxic, you know, how we're committed to non-toxic business practice and non-toxic this and non-toxic that, like not, not just like in your dish soap, but in the world, <laughs> but this is part of the conversation, right? Like the church should be 
But hopefully people for... are engaging these conversations and they're, this just teases out things that they're thinking that, you know. Well, and, and in that clubhouse, there were people that were really brokenhearted. They're like, I want the church and I want this. And I feel like I have to pick. Right. And so that's definitely something where there's real live people. It's not just you and me proselytizing. There's real live people who can't reconcile these two important things. Right. Who's going to write the book, Unfuck the Church? That's what I want (laughs) to. Right. Um, Okay. On that note. Yes. Perfect. We'll wrap it up. And we I'll will see you next time in the ladies. We'll room. see the, the we'll see the whoever can be here for the swearing and the church next time in the <laughs> from the ladies' room. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to catch us in the ladies' room. You can also find Lynn at A Spacious Life on Facebook, Instagram, and in Clubhouse. And find Allie at Five Billion Entrepreneurs on LinkedIn and Instagram. Mm-hmm.